Today's MLB prediction episode of the Grind Hours podcast is brought to you by SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the number one ticket app for buying and selling tickets. Sports fans, use my code GRINDHOUR at checkout to get $20 off your first purchase. Again, that's code GRINDHOUR at checkout at SeatGeek.com or the SeatGeek app to get $20 off of your first purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. All right, usually this is an article, but uh, due to some technical difficulties and my computer restarting when I didn't even know about it, I lost good 80% of my MLB predictions or ranking article. I got to number 12 and my computer restarted, so... Instead of an article coming out on opening day, it's going to be two podcasts. This was a little secret that I uh, I hinted at yesterday. I'm going to do 30 through 15 in this podcast, and then tomorrow before first pitch, probably around, probably going to upload it around 9 o'clock Eastern time in the morning, um, and then do a podcast later in the evening with my good friend Dayton Brown going over all NBA and MVP and all that sort of stuff later in the the day tomorrow. So, without further ado, let's jump into 30 through 15. The team that I think is going to be the worst in baseball, the 30th best team in baseball, is without a doubt the Baltimore Orioles. They hit the reset button hard following the trade of Manny Machado last season, and they really have nothing. There's Nothing that moves the needle whatsoever, not even an inch in Baltimore. And it's going to be another terrible season in the Beltway for the Orioles. They need to do what the Astros did and what the Cubs did. And that's suck for a while before they can reap the fruits and have that next generation of Orioles. Kind of like what they had with Davis and Adam Jones and Manny Machado in the 2010s. And that whole run, really what it culminated to was a ALDS win and a ALCS appearance. That's the only thing that actually happened with that group. So hopefully this rebuild will reap something better than, than just an ALCS appearance. Moving on to 29, Miami Marlins. They moved up one spot. They weren't the worst team in baseball last year. But I thought they were, I think they're going to be the second worst team in baseball this year. They don't have much still. Uh, Justin Bohr has now moved on as well. That was their only real thing that they had going for them last year. So year two of the Derek Jeter rebuild is in full swing. I don't think they're going to be that bad. Um, Or that bad in in the sense of historically bad. Last year I picked them to be the worst team in baseball history of all time. I don't think that's the case, but I don't think they're going to be that much better than they were last year, and I'll pin them at 29. And before I get too far, um, I'm going to be doing records for the top 10. I, w- I would do it for every single team in my article, but just for lack of time, I'm going to just save it until the second edition of this podcast and do just records for the top 10. So, moving to 28, we have to go to a great barbecue place, but that's the only thing that's going to be happening in Kansas City this summer is just continued traditions of great barbecue. 
28 Kansas City Royals. And it's crazy to think after just three years ago, they won a World Series title, or four years ago, they won a World Series title. It goes to show that big market teams can crush the little mid-market and, and small market teams. It will always happen. And the Royals are just lucky to have had a World Series championship. They, they went back-to-back -back seasons, and they are so lucky that they won in 2016 because if they didn't have anything to show for it, and that great run, and a run that I think changed the way that baseball is being played. Everyone says the Yankees have changed the way with their bullpenning strategy was the Kansas City Royals who first implemented this. It's great to see, or it was great to see then, and it's bare bones. Mike Moustakis is not there anymore. Alex Gordon and Salvador Perez are the only two that are remaining from that 2015 team. Whit Merrifield is their young and upcoming star. They just signed him earlier this offseason to a to an extension. But yeah, money. It really comes down to money and finding economical guys and locking them up. And really, Kansas City started this whole extension thing. It was a small extension. I don't remember the number for Merrifield, but it was like a four-year, $50 million extension that they got for Merrifield. That's a really good deal. And hopefully he can be the catalyst for this next Kansas City run. Switching to 26, we got to go up a little bit north in the AL Central. We're staying in the AL Central. We got to go to Detroit and the lowly city of Detroit. Not really good anything in Detroit when it comes to sports these days. The Tigers are not any different. The summer is still going to be it's still going to suck from a sports perspective the contract of Miguel Cabrera just keeps getting worse and worse as he stays on the team and get keeps getting older however he is not that far away from 3,000 hits uh, he is just north of 300 hits away from 3,000 so that's something that you could look forward to if you're a Tigers fan but I think that's the only thing that you need to be looking forward to uh, in the city of Detroit it's it really sucks and a lot of these teams in the 20s are teams that were in contention in the 2010s and they're just at the or at the beginning of their rebuilds the late 2010s was the fall off of, of a lot of these teams and now they're just starting back up and that's a real trend uh, throughout this list is teams that are that were in contention, that it's crazy to think just a couple of years ago that they were in serious contention for a World Series and now they're, they're at the bottom looking up. If there's any team that could be that way, it's the, it's the Tigers because they were in, they had the AL Central on lockdown for majority of the late 2000s and all pretty much all of the 2010s except for these past three years with this Indians run. The, the shift of power was massive, and it's just a shame to see a, a Hall of Fame caliber player, Miguel Cabrera, waste away in Detroit on a team that's going to be just god-awful. At 26, we have the team that almost got Manny Machado, the team that fell just short of signing a bona fide superstar, the Chicago White Sox.
the White Sox employed pretty much everybody in Machado's inner circle, and they're on the outside looking in. He is a ways away in San Diego from Chicago. Chicago really doesn't have anything. They just announced that Elroy Jimenez, their number one overall prospect, will make the Major League roster coming out of spring training. They signed him to a pretty decent extension already. They really think he's going to be the goods and going to be the future of this organization. That's really all they have. I sound like a broken record already, but for the, for the teams that are at the bottom of the barrel, there's not much. The White Sox are lucky that they have something to look forward to. They have a future plan. They're still waiting on uh, their number one pitching prospect. I can't pronounce his name. I know it starts with a K, but I can't pronounce his name. Moncada hasn't worked out from the sale trade. They're a debunked uh, tank team. They tried to tank. They tried to trade away their, their ace their best player on their team in Chris Sale and start over, but that didn't work, and they're trying to restart again. They were trying to use Manny Machado as a springboard to, to not lose that many games, and Jimenez right now looks like that catalyst that they're going to use to restart rebuild number two on the south side of Chicago. Quickly going to another team. Again, I said it was a trend for teams that competed in the 2010s, the Texas Rangers. This is a team like the Kansas City Royals that you look at it now and you're just sitting there. How did this team fall apart so quickly? Texas is not really that big of a market. They do have the Cowboys, and that's, but that's football. And football in Texas is a religion. Baseball in Texas is secondary, possibly to basketball. And they just, it wasn't even the fact that they lost their players to bigger markets. Their players just aged out. Beltrade was older, was on the older end. They lost Josh Hamilton to a huge contract with the Angels. Their pitching just didn't stay healthy. And having Elvis Andrews was not enough. Truly, they thought Rudnango Odor would be the the piece that would bridge one dynasty into the next. He hasn't been. Nomar Mazar is a good player, but he hasn't hit the superstar level that the Rangers thought he was going to be. And Joey Gallo is a walking 200 strikeouts. Yeah, he'll hit 30 bombs, but he is Adam Dunn 2.0. And the fact that he can actually play left field is astonishing to me. I would stick him at first base, but that's just me. The Rangers, they're going to win a couple of games. They're a frisky team. They're a veteran team that's going to get into a couple of series. But I don't think they're going to be winning many games in Arlington this year. And that's why I have them pegged at 25. 24. The team that got Manny Machado, and you're sitting there saying, how could a team that has Manny Machado be so far on this, so far down on this list? I mean, look at the Orioles. They didn't really compete that, that much when Machado was on their team. And just because they got a guy like him, and just because they have Hosmer from last year's free agent crop, doesn't mean 
that this team is going to win. They're in a division with the Dodgers still. They're in the division. I really like the Rockies. And I think the Rockies are going to be a, a pretty decent team this year. And, I mean, you look at the, the NL. It's You're stacked. You're really stacked with the, with the NL East and that crazy division in the NL Central. I don't see how this team wins many games at all. Even with Machado, they're just not a good team. And they're still trying to pick up the pieces from that disastrous 2015 offseason that didn't work out. Everyone thought that they were going to be the next dynasty in this team that was going to take Major League Baseball by storm for years on end. And it didn't really last a month before they, they blew it up. And for that... They they have everything that they deserve coming to them. Hopefully, and this is a big hope, Fernando Tatis will come up at some point during this year and give the Padre fans just something to cheer about because, yeah, Machado might have an MVP-type season, but no one's going to see it because he's going to be left in obscurity and just nothingness. He's not The, the Padres are not going to get on TV and... If I'm a Padres fan and this team is sitting well below 500 in the middle of July, I'm not going to really be, be happy that we're paying our third baseman $30 million for the next 10 years. That's just me. That's my opinion. But I, I just I don't see this team at all. If there's any team in the, on this list that I just don't see moving anywhere, it's it's the San Diego Padres. Re almost rounding out the top 20. The Arizona Diamondbacks at 23. They tried to go for gold. And the best thing that they got was a wild card game appearance. Yeah, that's how bad this run at a World Series was for Arizona. They got Granky. He hasn't really been anything he's been a bust so far with that contract maybe he gets back to something of what he was when he was on the Dodgers and, and the Royals but that contract has been awful they just traded their best player Paul Goldschmidt to the Cardinals in the offseason this team is starting over again and it it really has shades, this year has shades of the 2016 NBA season where Golden State and Cleveland were clearly the two best teams in the game and everybody else just said, ah, fuck it, we'll, we'll tank and we'll try to get picks. I think that that's what's going to happen this year. And Baseball, you don't have instant gratification after having an awful season like you do in the NBA or the NFL it takes a while but getting some prospects through the pipeline is what Arizona needs to do they haven't had that in a very very long time the last crop to do that came up in the mid-2000s and early 2010s with AJ Pollock Paul Goldschmidt and AJ Owens those type of players uh, oh and um, Adam Eaton I completely forgot about Adam Meaton, but yeah, he was in that group as well. They need homegrown prospects on the cheap 
to actually win again and be relevant again because something about that ballpark with a good team just makes it fun. It really makes it fun. It's a weird ballpark. They're, they're in the, the NL West. That's always crazy. And Dodgers against them in October when they're good is just, it's fun. I know the Giants are the arch rival of the, of the Dodgers, but the Dodgers and them have had some heated series over the past couple of years. And it's just, it's so much fun when those two teams go at it and they're both relevant. So they are 23 at 22. We'll go to the AL East. The, the team at the bottom that I think is going to just have to be there this year is, is Toronto. They do have some really nice pieces in Marcus Stroman, Kevin Pillar, and Devin Travis. But that's it. Yeah, they might win a couple of series here and there and steal a series from the Yankees and the Red Sox when it really matters and play spoiler, but this AL East division is real top-heavy, and, and even the Rays could make some noise as well. I don't think that there's any room for Toronto at the at the party. I actually, and a correction here, I actually said that the, the team at the bottom... I totally forgot about the Orioles. The Orioles are going to be so awful that uh, I completely forgot about them. But so yeah, the team that finished second to the bottom is um, Toronto, which honestly is the real bottom. Sorry to to all you Orioles fans out there. Twenty one, and this hurts me because I have family in Pittsburgh, but the Pittsburgh Pirates. The NL Central is the craziest division in all of pretty much maybe all of sports. And, yeesh, Pirates, they competed for a long time. But they just don't have the talent this year to actually compete. It, it's oddly similar to the Rays teams that Chris Archer was on before he left. Uh, he's just in the same situation in Pittsburgh. And I would love for this Pirates team to actually do well and succeed again it's really fun when the pirates are good particularly because they have the best stadium in baseball in my opinion and the people in pittsburgh really care about the pirates not to the not to the extent of the steelers but they care about the pirates and they care about this team and if they're just not good it, it really stings and it really stings me because i want the pirates to do well because it's it's just better. It really is just better. And if all five of the teams in the NL Central were good and top 15 teams, it would make my, it would make the game better. Because there's not many there's not many baseball cities better than St. Louis, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, and the north side of Chicago in the game. That that division is great baseball cities. Great baseball will be played in that division. The Pirates will just be on the outside looking in. And to sting my family a little bit more in Pittsburgh, the team that rounds the top 20 out is the Cincinnati Reds. I put the Reds just one peg higher. I think the trade with the Dodgers to get Puig, Alex Wood, and Matt Camp put them a little bit Put them in a better place 
they still still don't have the pitching of all the things to still plague them it is still pitching they had Votto and Bruce and Frazier in the mid 2000s and made a run at the at the NL Central but they just didn't have enough pitching they still don't have enough pitching they will definitely hit their way to a lot more wins than they've seen in, in the past couple of seasons but not by much maybe if they retained Harvey maybe and they got what they got out of Harvey for an entire season maybe I'd have them higher just a little bit higher but rounding out the top 20 is Cincinnati moving into the teens the San Francisco Giants the Giants just have a lot of bad contracts a lot of older players and they are starting they're on the brink of just breaking it up I know they were the second worst team in baseball last year but the the talent on this team it doesn't make any sense for them not to at least win a couple of more games and not be at the bottom of the division in the NL West but be closer there they're still gonna win games they're still gonna be a thorn in the Dodgers side the talent just needs to stay healthy needs to stay on the field but the, the contracts, man, just wow. Really wow. This is going to be, I think, rock bottom for this Giants organization. And they're going to restart with um, next year in 2020. It stinks that Buckster Posey is going to have to deal with this. Hopefully him and Bump Gardner can find new teams and, and play meaningful baseball in the month of September, but I don't think so. I really don't think that's the way it's going to be. And it just, another team, even your dynasty is further behind than than people think it is. They haven't won a title since 2014. It, And that seems like a lifetime away, especially with the way that the game is being played. Stinks, really stinks, and it, continues this trend and if I had to have a subtitle for this podcast it'd be transition because that's what a lot of teams are doing in, in the game right now is transitioning not even to the new wave of the way that the game is being played just in veterans to, to the new next generation there a lot of teams are in transition and it's going to make for an interesting year because who the hell knows what's going to happen with all these teams in transition? There's going to be a sleeper that none of us are, and it happens every year, it happens in every sport, but there's going to be a sleeper that says, you know, fuck it, we're veterans, let's go try to win a title while we still can. And maybe that's the Giants, maybe that's not. 18, the Rockies. Not going to really keep you here for much. Signing Arenado is great. Losing DJ LeMayhew makes the Arenado signing a little head-scratching. Because, I mean, Arenado is a great player, and he still had two years on his deal. It's good that they locked up a, a, a bona fide stud like that. But, again, it's a little head-scratching with just not retaining pieces. And the ball is going to carry out, and, LeMay and uh, Arenado is going to have a tremendous career. Hopefully Trevor Story can continue his 
ascension to a bona fide stud and all-star and a superstar caliber player. They finally lost Carlos Gonzalez after him being on the team for what seems like 30 years. Their pitching is still not there. John Gray is good, but not great. And he's going to, he's one of the, the pitchers that's sort of the diamonds in the rough that don't, doesn't really get talked about, but he's still not really there yet in terms of Cy Young capabilities and, and being one of the best pitchers in baseball. He's, again, really good. Not there yet. Losing Ottavino also is just a, th that's a killer. That's a real killer. And it goes back to the Kansas City point. Small market teams are just the biggest detriment to their organization is money. They just don't have it. And and to have a guy like Ottavino, he's got to want to stay there. Kind of what like what Arnato is doing. Arnato would get his extension plus probably forty million more on the open market if he got there. But he wants to stay in, in Colorado. Adovino didn't. Adovino wants to try to win a championship with the Yankees while also getting a pretty nice payday. It's, it stinks because small market teams are fun. Good small market teams are fun. And the Rockies were a little bit out of the, out of nowhere last year. It was their tenth or it was the eleventh anniversary of the team that went to the World Series in two thousand and seven when they were. I mean. They bursted onto the scene with a ton of talent on that uh, 2007 Rockies team. Who knows? that, that If there's any team that has been in no man's land for the better part of this millennium, it's been the Colorado Rockies. And maybe they find their footing with Arenado locked up long term. Finishing up the top 15 with the last three teams. At 17... The Minnesota Twins. The Twins have now a year removed from Joe Maurer's retirement. He retired now two years ago, and the new identity of the Twins is still up for grabs. It's still up in the air, and they are a team like the Padres that can go into baseball obscurity and not be heard from for a very long time. Um, I, they are secondary in their town to the Vikings and I just, I don't know, they are an irrelevant team with players that they have talent on this, on this roster. It just can't put it together. They are like the, uh, Rockies in the sense that they can't get the pitching. Same with the Reds. They can't get the pitching. And that's that's really that. But they they will be a little bit more competitive in the um, in the AL Central than the Royals, but not by much. I, I, I they they are real close with the Rockies, and for that matter of fact, with the Giants in talent. And they're really close to this next team as well. At 16, the Seattle Mariners. The Mariners are moving on from Robinson Cano in that failed contract. They're trade, they traded away an all-star closer, one of the best closers in baseball, and they are moving on as well. They are in a similar boat to Arizona, where the old age is moving out and the new age is somewhere coming in. 
They they are one of the teams in the league that continuously reboot, and it's not a full reboot; it's a half reboot. I.e., getting D. Gordon and Robinson Cano, and trying to meld that with some homegrown guys, with Mitch Haniger and King Felix and Kyle Seeger, but they got they got some good players that need to find new teams, and I think we'll find new teams by the July 31st deadline. Moving to 15 and the end of this podcast, the Washington Nationals, I think, are the median team. There's a lot of people, or a few people in, in the game that think they are better than the rest of the media and the rest of the fans. It's hard losing Bryce Harper, but, I mean, Juan Soto is a nice replacement. And if, and this is a huge if, if Adam Eaton, Steven Strasburg, and Ryan Zimmerman can stay healthy, this team will be better than the 15th best team in baseball and will be possibly top two in the AL, in the NL East. I think... The Nats have the be- one of the best pitchers in baseball, and, and Scherzer, I'm really high on Soto. I really like Trey Turner. It's just a matter of fact of staying healthy. kind of like the Mets, but to a lesser extent. Um, but no, I will keep them at 15. And yeah, that'll wrap up today's issue of the podcast. If you've gotten to this point, please like, subscribe, follow, share. If you're on iTunes, please give us a review. Big thanks to SeatGeek for sponsoring this podcast. Follow me on Twitter at NotTheFakeJLeo. It's opening day tomorrow. Best of luck to your team. Happy New Year to all of you baseball fans. And until tomorrow, it's closing time. You don't have to go home, but you cannot stay here. Peace.